Blog Talk Radio. The following is a Post Time with Mike and Mike production. Coming up third, Liz Bird up the inside. Rock Diamond, wow! Four of them. Here is Rock Diamond and Mitchell Cushing. They win the gold cup in soccer. It's American history trying to dig in on the outside endeavor. Tuned in to the official podcast of the Sport of Harness Racing Post Time with Mike and Mike, with your hosts Mike Carter, and number one thousand for the third time, Aaron Merriman wins, and Mike Bozage. Down to the finish, Shorten and a game winning the Betsy Ross over Caviar Alley at Apple Bottom Jeans one forty nine and two unbelievable. Welcome on in to another edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by our good friends at the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Bozich flying solo here today for very good reason, as Mike Carter is on assignment. And uh, Mike Carter is going to be calling in, at least we think, maybe around 11.15, 11.20 or so, as uh, his United States Trotting Association ventures have taken him to training centers across Florida. As a matter of fact, they're on their way down to the Dan Patch Award Dinner, which will be taking place on Sunday. And uh, Mike's had a chance to visit a couple of of different training centers and has had a chance to see the $1 million purchase Maverick. I've been reading about how good he has looked so far on the training track. Uh, Perhaps we'll get get an inside scoop with Mike Carter uh, coming up at 11.15 or so. But we've got a great show, an important show on tap for you today and uh, a very important guest will be starting our show off here in just a couple of minutes he is the executive director of the pennsylvania equine coalition pete peterson of course uh, some uneasy things right now going on in the state of pennsylvania with the budget proposal from governor tom wolf wanting to divert 204 million dollars from the state's horse racing development trust fund uh, to uh, funding scholarships and of course uh, anybody that's anybody in the state of Pennsylvania or in horse racing will tell you how much of a devastating, devastating effect that would have if that budget proposal uh, did indeed go through. But the good news is it is facing plenty of opposition, and uh, we're going to see what the latest is on uh, what's going on there with Pete Peterson coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Plus, we're also going to talk to the uh, Former uh, president of the United States Harness Riders Association, Tim Bojarski, he landed uh, down in Florida yesterday. He's going to tell us a little bit about what goes on behind the scenes, what it's kind of like to put together uh, the Dan Patch Awards dinner and a lot of different moving parts. It's a beautiful facility uh, down there that they've had. I believe this is the third year now, and we're going to talk to Tim Bojarski a little bit about that. Plus, how about one of Harness Racing's greatest young minds, uh, he's been in our Innovator of the Year Award. I think he's been runner-up for three straight years now. Ryan Clemens will be joining the program. And uh, Ryan, once again, breaking the mold as he is introducing virtual reality racing to uh, harness racing tracks in Ontario coming up this spring. 
Ryan's always up to something. Let me tell you, we're going to talk to Ryan at about 11 o'clock or so and see what he's up to this time. But I'll tell you what, he's um, founder of the Farm Games, founder of Often Pacing, uh, founder of Catch Driver. Those games continue to get bigger and better as the months and years goes on. And uh, now Ryan's introducing something new again. So we'll talk to Ryan in just a couple of minutes. Well, Pete Peterson's in the on-deck circle. We're going to catch up with him in just a moment. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America and the USTA. Thanks so much for joining us on this Thursday. Join Harness Racing's hottest and most affordable fractional group, Winner's Circle Racing. Winner's Circle Racing provides the total harness racing experience from the barn to the paddock all the way to the Winner's Circle. Come invest with us and experience 100% of the thrills at a fraction of the cost. For more information, visit winnerscircleracing.net. That's winnerscircleracing.net. Here comes the charging mower, charging hard at Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike Are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. Back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. Mike Bozich flying solo today. Mike Carter will be joining us in about a half hour or so. He's live from Southern Oaks Training Center down in Florida. But uh, first, uh, a very important interview he is the executive director of the Pennsylvania Equine Coalition, Pete Peterson. And uh, Pete, first of all, welcome to the program. Of course, uh, not uh, the greatest news that certainly we've heard is all a part of uh, Pennsylvania racing uh, was kind of taken off guard when roughly a week ago, Governor Tom Wolf, uh, in his budget proposal, uh, said that he wanted to divert $204 million from the uh, horse racing fund over uh, to pay for scholarships. And obviously that would have a devastating effect on Pennsylvania racing as we know it. What's the latest? That's been a week ago. Any kind of breaking news on uh, maybe where uh, we stand right now? Well, thanks for having me, Mike. Um, as far as what's going to happen in the past uh, two weeks, I guess, uh, you know, we've been out talking to a lot of different legislators. Um, you know, the, the legislators we talked to about the industry and its importance to Pennsylvania's larger economy, and particularly the agricultural sector, um, has been very positive. So, you know, the legislators we talked to and, you know, educate them more about the broader impacts of horse racing and horse breeding really seem to get it. So we're taking that as very positive. Of course, there's always you know new members, so it's a it's a there's a lot of members too, so it's a big education process. But I think by and large, everybody's been very receptive to what we've had to say and understand that this would not necessarily be the best idea for Pennsylvania or for the industry. The budget proposal, uh, 204 million dollars, is uh, the figure that Tom, the Governor Wolf, threw out there, and there's 250 million right now currently in the fund, according to. Governor Tom Wolf. So obviously this would have a devastating effect on the Pennsylvania racing and a ripple effect, like you said, across the agricultural sector as well. Just how devastating of an effect would this be if this were to come to fruition? Well, we have about 23,000 people who in Pennsylvania who are employed, um, you know, in part or through ancillary industries that are supported by the horse racing and horse breeding industry. So 23,000 people and their families would be impacted. It, uh, the industry delivers a $1.6 billion economic impact. And just look at the horse breeders and horsemen, they preserve 100,000 acres of open space. Um, but then you also have kind of all the ancillary 
um, ag industry and other you know manufacturers, retailers who benefit. You have you know the, obviously the you know hay and alfalfa farmers. You have the straw farmers um, here in Pennsylvania. Um, one of the large purchasers actually or people that we sell to the industry sells to are mushroom farmers um, because they sell them the waste straw and the manure that they uh, use to grow their crops so there's a big impact on agriculture but then you get into you know everybody ranging from veterinarians to the farriers to um, you know trailer horse trailer production companies uh, etc and you know, barn construction so the, the impact is very broad um, but and you know, the, I don't know necessarily that the governor fully understands what his proposal would do. You mentioned he he's talked about $250 million. Well, in his own budget, he only has the fund bringing in $237 million this year, just based on the slots revenues. Um, so he's taken $204 million out. There's already $20 million coming out per year for things not related to racing. So that leaves about $10 million, and none of it goes to purchase or breeders incentives in his proposal. Um, so, But I, I do think it's important to emphasize this is just the governor's proposal, and we have up until June 30th. Uh, you know, Between now and June 30th is when the legislature will really kind of decide about what the budget's going to look like. And you know, one of the members we spoke to in the legislature, he made a good point. He said, you know, this, gov this is this governor's sixth budget proposal, and he hasn't gotten his top priorities approved you know through the legislature at any point so i think there's reason to be optimistic visiting with pete peterson he is the executive director of the pennsylvania equine coalition now pete we kind of talked about this from an economic point of view let's switch gears a little bit and talk about this from a legal point of view and i had a chance to read your response uh and in particular uh the 2017 uh, Racehorse Industry Reform Act, uh, which quite simply stated that the money are not funds of the Commonwealth. From a legal point of view, can Governor Wolf raid these funds? Um, we don't believe so. And we, you know, we actually had that language put in because, you know, I guess back in 2010, um, the legislature first went in and dipped into the funds. You know, we were going through the economic crisis, and they kind of came to the industry and said, "Look, we we really need to." You know, a one-time influx of cash. They, they end up taking, you know, forty-five million dollars over a period. You know, forty-five million dollars per year over three or four years. Um, but that really had a vastly chilling effect on the industry because people were very reticent to come to Pennsylvania and make that investment. So, you know, that was one of the arguments we made in 2017 when we got this language included when they did expanded gaming in Pennsylvania, is that people need some kind of certainty. Um, you know, when they're making these cost-benefit analysis, when they're deciding whether or not they want to invest in Pennsylvania or another state. So we actually got to put into, as you said, a trust fund. And there's language in there that very clearly states these are not funds of the Commonwealth. And another line says, you know, the Commonwealth is not entitled to the monies in this fund. So it seems pretty cut and dry to us that if they take any money over, you know, the, the $19.6 million they've been taking each year, that, you know, we could we'd be in court and I think we'd be successful based on the, the pretty strong language in the legislation. Tell us a little bit, and I know you've kind of answered the question already, but I do think it's important maybe, it's important maybe to revisit uh, some of the reactions that you've had from some of the legislatures that you guys have spoken with. Um, you know, they, they realize it'd be devastating to, you know, not just that, I mean, if this went through, it'd be the end of horse racing and, horse breeding in Pennsylvania. You know, I mean, there'd be, it'd be still in some existence, but it wouldn't be anywhere near what it is today. It'd pretty much be, for all intents and purposes, done. Um, so they understand that, and they understand that there's such a broad impact on the larger economy in Pennsylvania, particularly the agricultural sector, that it just doesn't make sense. Um, and the other point that, we're, you know, they really resonates with them is, you know, our industry provides $60 million in tax revenue each year. So you're going to lose that as well. Um, so they kind of get that. And, you know, one of the things I've been saying is you don't – the governor wants to address, you know, debt that college students face coming out of college. That's a worthy goal, you know. But you don't address one debt problem by creating another debt problem that puts 23,000 people out of work, bankrupts small businesses and family-owned farms. It's just not the way to go about it. 
Once again, visiting with Pete Peterson. He is the executive director of the Pennsylvania Equine Coalition. Uh, Pete, looking ahead, and we'll, you know, we'll say, for example, that this is not successful. Uh, but I would assume that this is probably something that we're going to have to continue to fight, continue to stay on offense, uh, especially as legislators come and go, especially as governors come and go. Yeah, I mean, it, the one if there's a silver lining to this, it, it's kind of motivated the industry here in Pennsylvania. You know, the amount of support we've received from people who work in the industry and then from the ancillary, you know, farmers and small businesses that depend on our industry has been great. So, you know, I see this as an opportunity for us to kind of go out there, really engage in the education process, um, and make sure people understand why this industry is so important. Um, but, you know, ultimately, I think once we do that and we kind of keep it, you know, re-engage all the legislators, that if we do it properly, that this isn't necessarily going to be something we have to come back and face again in the future because people have better understanding. We'll just have to keep that, you know, education process up um, as new legislators come in. There's just been significant turnover in the past couple of years given kind of the dynamics of politics in the country right now. So that's kind of why it's more of a challenge now than it has been in the past. And, you know, and, and, and you just touched on my next question because you hear, you know, with all the – especially this being a, a presidential election year about, oh, this one's fired up their base and that one's fired up their base. How fired up is the base right now of, uh, of, of the horse racing people and, and uh, the agricultural uh, base? Are they pretty united right now? Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I think we're still out talking to different, you know, groups in the agricultural sector about this, but the ones we've spoken to are very supportive and they get it. Um, but I, I don't remember, you know, even when we've had, you know, proposals to divert money in the past, I haven't seen the industry this kind of united and, you know, speaking with one voice and people wanting to know what they can do to help um, at any point. So it's really encouraging to see the level of engagement. Um, you know, I've had trainers come up to me and give me a list of, you know, all, of, you know, list of 20 different people that they buy products from to call and get testimonials from, you know, everything from, you know, the blacksmiths and vets to like their um, you know, farm equipment providers, their their uh, information technology people, their horse transportation. So, all these people that can write testimonials because they depend on the industry. And there, there's a lot of you know horse breeders, you know owners who are very engaged and care about this, and they want to help make the difference. And they kind of get the importance of showing the broad impact of this. And you know, not only, I mean, obviously, you know, racing's kind of come to a point to where you know that relationship with casino and expanded gaming and casino interests are, are very, very important. Um, and not only so much um, in the state of Pennsylvania, but I think there's a lot of eyes from other states as well of, of, of what's happening here. Uh, if there's anybody out there listening that, you know, maybe a racing fan in Pennsylvania, maybe uh, a horseman, a horsewoman in Pennsylvania that kind of wants to get involved, that wants to help, uh, what can they do? Well, if, um, they can, you know, look us up on Facebook, PA Equine Coalition. They can message me. We'll have a website up soon um, that will have more contact information. But um, if they want to find out how to get involved, what specific steps they can take. But generally, you know, we're encouraging if everybody to, um, you know, contact their legislature, legislator if they're a fan and express their opposition to the governor's proposal. But if there are people in the industry, um, I'm really encouraging them to invite their legislator out to their, you know, farm or small business um, and kind of learn about it and share their story um, or go meet with the legislator in their local district office when they're not in Harrisburg um, and, you know, communicate your, you know, make your voice heard. And there's a role everybody can play in kind of this education process. And it's not just in Pennsylvania, but I think any state that has horse racing, this is the type of thing everybody in the, in in the industry can be doing, um, you know, engage with their legislator, Tell them about the importance of the industry. Tell them how it impacts you and your family and how you support the community and what you're, you know, what, without horse racing, what that would mean to you and your family, but what it would mean to the different small businesses that you support. Because that really is what resonates with legislators when they get a better understanding of that dynamic. All right. Well, Pete, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. Once again, fantastic work. I think the outreach has been outstanding. I think the response is outstanding. And uh, listen, hopefully we can draw a line in the sand here and uh, be safe in Pennsylvania for years to come. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right, that was the executive director of the Pennsylvania Equine Coalition, Pete Peterson. Some good, good stuff uh, right there.
Uh, certainly an interview you may want to go back and uh, listen to. You can always do that on the archive here at Post Time with Mike at Mike.com. As soon as the show's over with, uh, you can go back and listen uh, right on the front page of our website, Post Time with Mike at Mike.com. Still lots left to come on this edition of the big show. Tim Bojarski is going to be joining us. He is down in Florida running for the 2020 Dan Patch Award Dinner that's coming up on Sunday. So it's some big doings uh, going on there. We're going to talk to Tim. By the way, uh, if you're a follower of Tim on social media, I saw some of them pictures <clears throat> from the hotel from uh, Rosen Creek. Holy moly, what a beautiful facility uh, down there for the uh, Ushua Awards. So uh, we're going to talk to Tim about that and get some behind-the-scenes look at what goes on uh, trying to put that awards dinner together. Believe me, it's not an easy task. Plus, we're going to talk to Ryan Clemens coming up towards the top of the hour, the founder of the Farm Games. He's up to something else, this guy. I'll tell you what, he's always coming up with something new. Virtual reality coming to an Ontario racetrack near you. Boy, some good, good stuff. So we're going to talk to Ryan about that. Plus, Mike Carter is going to be joining us in the not-too-distant future. Uh, I believe he is at Southern Oaks Training Center today uh, as he is doing a tour of the training centers before ultimately landing uh, down uh, at the Dan Patch Awards. So we're going to talk to Mike about that as well. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America and the USTA. We'll be back in just a moment. From the edge of your seat starts white knuckle finishes horse racing is truly a ride unlike any other one that the pennsylvania horse racing association intends to preserve in the keystone state for years and years to come from our breeders to track operators to you the fan phra is here to bring everyone together for the benefit of the sport we love and the majestic athletes we adore learn more about the phra's mission at penhorseracing.com brought to you by the pennsylvania horse racing association Southern Oaks has been the winter home of many great horses competing in several different stakes programs. It's home to leading trainers such as Irv Miller, John Bootenshane, Eddie Lohmeyer, and Ian Moore, just to name a few. The farm is conveniently located within 45 minutes of both the Orlando Airport and Daytona Beach in sunny Florida. Southern Oaks, arguably the best training surface in all of Florida, has stalls for rent for the winter season. For more information, visit southernoakstraining.com. That's southernoakstraining.com. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. Jimmy Freight is new to Ontario in 2020. Jimmy Freight is the richest and fastest son of a sports writer and was the O'Brien three-year-old called Pacer of the Year and won multiple stakes at ages two, three, and four. And Jimmy Freight turns on the Jimmy Jet by a length and a half in 148-1. Jimmy Freight at 10-1 to to win the Dayton Pacing Derby. He stands his first season in 2020. For booking information on Jimmy Freight, please visit winbackfarm.com. Limited shares available. Go to winbackfarm.com. Back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter. And right now we're joined by Ushua's very own Tim Bojarski, former president of the United States Harness Riders Association. And, uh, Tim, it's good to see that you landed successfully, my friend, uh, last night. And uh, I know you were sharing some pictures on social media. What a tremendous facility uh, that looks to be. Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me on this morning. Uh, yeah, this is quite a quite a facility, and we're lucky to have our Oshawa Banquet here for the third consecutive year. Tim, tell us a little bit about some of the behind-the-scenes things that takes to put this uh, awards dinner together. I know that there's a lot of different people doing a lot of different things. It takes a lot of work trying to get everybody on the same page and put it together. Kind of give us a behind-the-scenes look at uh, what that entails. Yeah, well, it's a, definitely a group effort, and everyone in the association is involved. It takes pretty much a year to put on next year's show. 
starts with uh, our location, and Gordon Waterstone has been responsible for finding the best spots and arranging the best amenities for our guests. Over the last four years, he spearheaded our events at Hard Rock in Las Vegas and here at the Rosen Shingle Creek for the last three years. This is a five-star property, and they have been very uh, accommodating hosts. Uh, our dinner committee is run by Judy Davis Wilson, who handles many aspects of the banquet, including ticket sales. Uh, the banquet setup on Sunday is handled by a host of Ushwins who helped put on the show. Kim Rinker is in charge of our journal and did a wonderful job of putting together another volume documenting all of this year's honorees. The journal also includes many well wishes from friends and family of all the award winners. And that brings us uh, to the people that make the whole thing uh, possible to happen as our sponsors. This bank would, would not be possible without them, and we greatly appreciate their support. President Sean Wiles is in charge of the sponsorship committee and has done an outstanding job this year putting together packages and bringing all of our great sponsorship partners on board. And everyone in Oshawa thanks these sponsors very much. Now, Tim, you've had a chance, obviously, to participate in, in uh, quite a few of these uh, at a couple of different uh, facilities, but obviously there's been some some great moments uh, throughout the years uh, in these Dan Patch Awards and people accepting awards and the speeches. I just love watching. I love to see a lot of the raw emotion that you get a lot of times. What were some of the uh, favorite moments uh, from Ushua Awards past? I, I think everyone could agree that uh, having foiled again, in the building last year was probably the best moment ever. No one expected it. And it was one of the best kept secrets there was. And when he walked out on stage, the place just went wild. Yeah, no question about it. And you know, that had to take some doing. I can't remember who we had on the show last year, if it was Sean or if it was Kim, but uh, you know, to put that together, uh, you know, <laughs> certainly had to be uh, something interesting, coordinate, coordinating that with the hotel and so forth. Well, I got to tell you that uh, there was six people who knew about it for about three months. And it was, like I say, one of the best cut secrets in the sport. And Gordon Waterstone was really the one who put the whole thing together with Mark Weaver. And the hotel was great, uh, making the necessary arrangements to have the horse here, uh, special, you know, flooring had to be put down. There, were, there was a lot of things that went into it. It wasn't just bring them in. Plus he had to be on site for about, I'd say an hour and a half before he made his appearance on stage. So there was accommodations made for that as well. Visiting with Tim Bojarski, the former president of the United States Harness Riders Association. For those people listening out there that may be unsure of what exactly Ushua is and what uh, purpose they serve. Can you kind of shed some light on that? Well, our number one thing is, is promoting the sport. We're in charge of the Hall of Fame voting. We're in charge of the uh, end-of-year awards. And our, our main goal is to promote the sport as best we can in the best light we can put it in. Yeah, and obviously promoting the sport, as we can agree and we've talked about, is certainly very, very important. Can't get enough uh, of promotions. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the upcoming 2020 Dan Patch Awards. Obviously, some worthy award winners, as always. Tell us about what we can expect come Sunday. Okay, the 2020, sorry, 2020 Dan Patch Awards Banquet will be hosted again by Roger Houston and Jason Sellamore. Cocktails start at 5.30. Dinner starts at 6.30. You can watch live on the Oshawa Facebook page, and that video will also be archived the day after on the USTA YouTube page and also on the Oshawa uh, Facebook page and website. The final award of the night will be Horse of the Year. It will be announced at approximately 930. Uh, prior to the event, we'll have our red carpet pictures again with Chris Gooden and our interviews on the red carpet with Heather and Heather which will be able to be viewed live on Heather Wilder's Facebook feed and Heather Vitale's Facebook feed. Uh, for people attending live, we also have a hospitality suite set up and available Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night, and that's sponsored by Sharton. Complete information is available on both our website and Facebook pages. And it's, it's also a big weekend for Oshawa because we have all of our business meetings. Our executive board meets on Friday. Our directors meeting is on Saturday and our general membership meeting is on Sunday. 
So it's not all play. There is some work involved. <laughs> yes. That's right. And, uh, uh, you know, and I have to tell you, um, you know, it's somebody that, you know, uh, due to obligations kind of has to stay home this time of year, but, uh, being able to watch Heather and Heather on uh, Facebook live, it, it almost makes you feel like you're there and they both have different Facebook feeds, which means they both have different stuff going on, different interviews, but, uh, what a great addition. I think that has been, especially to people who just, you know, for some reason or another can't attend. It, it's been a very big hit, and it's it's very popular for everyone attending too. I mean, there's there's times early on when people are just getting there where they're waiting in line to be interviewed, and it it gives a, a very uh, interesting aspect because you're getting a lot of candid comments, and uh, people want to talk, and that's good, and that's why we do it. All right, well, Tim, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. Uh, thanks to you guys, thanks to Ushua for all you do for the sport of harness racing, and we will certainly be watching come Sunday night. Thanks for having us on, Mike. Bye. All right. That was Tim Bojarski. Uh, Tim, one of Harness Racing's good guys. No question about it. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you, Ushua certainly does a lot in terms of promotion for the sport. And, and uh, hey, you know, the Dan Patch Awards, not an easy thing to put together. You know, dealing with a lot of different moving parts. Even just trying to get all the award winners down there in one place with his busy as horsemen and horsewomen are. I mean, you got to remember, this is a seven-day-a-week job, and there's horses to take care of and this and that. So just that's a gargantuan feat in and of itself, trying to get everybody under one particular roof. That is coming up on Sunday. Make sure you check out Heather Wilder and Heather Vitale's Facebook page uh, for the red carpet. And, of course, uh, that will all be streaming live. It will also be on the next day on YouTube. So make sure uh, that if you're not able to attend that you can check it out. So lots left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Better America and the USTA. Our man, one of the brightest young minds in the sport of harness racing, Ryan Clements, will be joining us. And, uh, you know, Ryan's been on this show quite a bit, but for good reason, for good reason, because it seems like once every month or once every couple of months, he's got something new going on, something new, something innovative, and here it comes again. Virtual reality is going to come to an Ontario racetrack near you very, very soon. And why is that so important? Well, I've got my opinions about it, and we'll talk to Ryan about that coming up in just a moment. If you have host time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America, back with Ryan and Mike Carter a little bit later on. Post time, gates moving. They're off and it is on. Every year, the Harness Horse Youth Foundation travels the country to share the love of harness racing with the next generation. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation educates, introducing youth to new friends and opportunities. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Learn how you can support bringing kids and horses together, building a stronger future for the sport. Visit hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. Hey, racing fans. We all know the ride begins well before the starting gate. Stay warmed up around the clock at PennHorseRacing.com, your home for all things harness and thoroughbred racing. PennHorseRacing.com gives you the inside track on betting, industry events, breeding, news, and more. You know, everything that'll give you an edge come post-time. Visit PennHorseRacing.com today. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the Mobility Aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun in wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. 
For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. Southern Oaks has been the winter home of many great horses competing in several different stakes programs. It's home to leading trainers such as Irv Miller, John Shane, Eddie Lohmeyer, and Ian Moore, just to name a few. The farm is conveniently located within 45 minutes of both the Orlando Airport and Daytona Beach in sunny Florida. Southern Oaks, arguably the best training service in all of Florida, has stalls for rent for the winter season. For more information, visit southernoakstraining.com. That's southernoakstraining.com. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USDA. Mike Bozich flying solo here today. Probably going to hear from Mike Carter in just a couple of minutes. Believe he is going to be live from Southern Oaks Training Center. But right now, we're joined by one of Harness Racing's brightest young minds and brightest young innovators, Mr. Ryan Clements. Ryan, you're at it again, buddy. You got you just have something going on. It seems like maybe once or twice a month. That's why we have you on the show so often. Yeah, this, this one uh, pretty particularly excited about this. It's a pretty uh, pretty cool thing we're we're working on now. All right. So for those, uh, and I just saw this on social media yesterday. So I'm gonna think there's quite a lot of people that don't know what we're talking about. So I'll let you kind of break the news. What are we? What, what's uh, new and exciting uh, that we can look forward to? Sure. Up this so point? we want to take uh, Catch Driver to the next level. So we're we're gonna build a physical unit, put you in a sulky, get you a VR headset on and let you drive holding on to, to real reins um, and still racing against other players live where you're actually controlling this horse and you're actually doing the driving. So um, just a fully immersive VR experience uh, in, an, in an arcade game format right at the track. Okay. And basically you're looking to take these to, uh, well, I guess to start, uh, Ontario racetracks, right? Yeah, so I mean, the, the hope is to have them all over the world. Um, but the first step, um, and thanks to a great sponsorship from the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, uh, we're able to build this first one. So that's really what we were um, looking for over the last few months was finding that that partner to get us started. Um, and so we're very grateful to them for giving us the opportunity to build one. And, uh, and then we hope that's just the tip of the iceberg. I've already heard, um, since it was posted yesterday from four other tracks that, that want one. So I'm kind of hoping that these will be everywhere pretty quick. Oh, I'm sure the demand is certainly going to be, uh, through the roof, uh, especially when these things get up and going. So obviously a lot of questions here. Uh, so this is basically going to take, take catch driver to the next level. I'm going to kind of assume everybody knows what catch driver is by now. Uh, it's, uh, in a brand new 3d format, uh, that, you know, is, is just sharp as all heck. If you haven't downloaded the app, do so now off the Google play store, the app store and, uh, in iTunes or uh, an Apple, but um, tell us about, uh, so basically you could go to one of these um, machines and you could sign in under your name, right? And race against different people, just like you would if you were doing yeah. it at your iPad or phone. The ultimate uh, plan would be to have some sort of way to scan yourself in and, um, and now boom, you're, you're racing from your account. This first one will just be, um, will be a default driver um but okay that's uh that's sort of a one of the initial plans that we have of, of being able to drive under your own name and uh and continue your account um on the game but right off the bat it will already be linked up with the with the game world so if uh if you're watching your friend play in the sulky and you're standing there watching you could join in the race on your phone and race against them so it'll be uh kind of in that same world gotcha Let's talk about the infrastructure. Let's talk about putting this thing together. Now, you already mentioned a couple of times that you have to build it. What's going to go into building uh, a creature like this? 
Yeah, so we really want to hit it out of the park on this. Um, you know, we want to make sure that it, it that it looks and feels real. So um, you know, I'm really aiming at having a, a real physical sulky there. And then, you know, the, the tension and the give on the reins, I want it to feel like you're actually sitting behind a horse um, when you go to control. And so, you know, that, that difference between right now controlling the lines with your thumb to going to actually having the handholds in your hands and uh, and having to, you know, if you want to, if you want to um, slow down, you got to really put some, put some muscle into it um, to grab up on that horse. So that that's going to be a big part of it. Um, but then also we want to have the big screen TV so that it's not only exciting for the person wearing the headset, but everybody around can watch and, and see what's going on. So um, it's, it's going to be a new challenge for us. You know, we're, we're mainly software developers. So to build a physical arcade game, it's a new world, but I think we, uh, we have all the pieces in place and just got to start putting it together. Visiting with Ryan Clements, uh, virtual reality coming to an Ontario uh, racetrack near you. You mentioned uh, something that I was going to touch on now. So basically, you're going to have one person sitting in a sulky, but you're going to have the big screen TV. So basically, you're kind of looking for an atmosphere where you're getting a crowd around, where you're getting interest. And uh, I think obviously that's very important. Another thing that's very important is this is basically going to attract a younger crowd it's going to be interactive making our sport as interactive as possible is that the goal here yeah absolutely we want to get people right involved in it and we think that the the sulky is the ultimate places if uh, i don't remember if it was tim teatrick or somebody said that if we could put everybody in the sulky this would be the greatest sport in the world and uh and that's really it is if if we bring somebody to the track and they get right in the sulky and see what it's all about i think we have a lot better chance of uh of them falling in love with this sport. So we want to, we want to bring them right there. That's the, that's the target. So what's the end game on this? I mean, obviously right now this is in its very early stages, you know, obviously you're, you're going to be focused on getting that first one out there and then maybe one after that and kind of basically judge interest after that. But I mean, if this thing totally takes off, I mean, what's the end game? I mean, can we, uh, can we envision like uh, maybe uh, eight of these things, uh, in a row and, and, uh, or eight or nine and, and people racing against each other. What, what, what's kind of the end game on this, you think? Yeah, I mean, I remember as a kid when I went to the, the arcades with my, uh, with my dad and with my friends, and I remember they used to have the NASCAR ones, and they'd have eight of them lined up, and, and that was the best, going and racing, and you'd be right. trash-talking each other, and, you know, somebody, somebody wins, everybody else loses, and it's the most exciting thing. So, yeah, I, I mean, I that's an ultimate goal would be to have a whole bunch of them lined up so that you could go to the gate with 10 of you um, right there. But ultimately my, my vision for this is they're going to be great at racetracks. I think we're going to get a lot of attention there. We're going to get a lot of people lined up to play, but ultimately I think they need to be at the movie theaters in the arcades and used as a front line to bring people to our sport and to see, Oh, look, look at this game in the arcade. And, you know, it might be their first exposure to harness racing. Good, good stuff. Well, Ryan, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy. Uh, obviously, you've done a great job, um, you know, on social media, keeping everybody kind of up to date on uh, what's going on with uh, not only catch driver and off and pacing, but uh, obviously this new experience as well. We're certainly looking forward to it. Once again, another another. Uh, uh, feather in the cap for one Ryan Clements, but I am very, like you say, I'm very excited about this because I think this has the ability to really reach out uh, to some of the younger people and, you know, to, to, to get them to the racetrack. So I'm really uh, looking forward to that. Ryan, we certainly appreciate it, buddy. We'll keep in touch. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Look forward to getting you in this race bike. All right, that was Ryan Clements, and uh, wow, virtual reality coming to uh, a racetrack near you in Ontario, and I'm very anxious to see how this thing takes off. Very, very anxious to see how this thing takes off. And uh, speaking of virtual reality, not so much virtual reality, because Mike Carter actually, at least last year, was somebody afforded him the opportunity to get in a race bike on this uh, tour of the training centers. Did anybody <laughs> extend that courtesy to you this time? No, uh, we tried to do. Uh, <laughs> you know, why. we tried to do something with. Tried to do something on the race bike, and uh, Tony told us we weren't allowed. No, I'm just kidding. He, he was great, and uh, but there's a reason Escape to the Beach never won a race again after that. So, 
know, well, we won't and the talk reason isn't because I the reason wasn't because I I bet him five times last year. That wasn't the reason. The reason was because you had a chance to train him, and uh, you know the horse was just never the same since. But uh, Mike, you guys listen. You guys are doing the tour. That's why you went on the show today. You're doing the tour of the training centers down there. It's kind of become a tradition over the last couple of years for the USTA to do this just shy of the Dan Patch Awards, huh? Yeah, for sure. We've checked out a couple of really cool places. We were at Sunshine Meadows yesterday visiting with Tony Alanya, and then uh, today with the Carter Pinsky Stables at Southern Oaks. And, you know, lots of really cool facilities. And uh, I'd never actually been to Southern Oaks, who actually sponsors our show. And um, it was just really, really cool talking with Carter Pinsky. They actually have a waiting list uh, to get into Southern Oaks right now. It's completely full. So great news coming out of uh, North Florida. Yeah, no question about it. Of course, uh, obviously all of the buzz is around the million-dollar purchase Maverick. Did you have a chance to see him? Yeah, we had a chance to actually watch him train yesterday. Um, He was so, so cool to watch on the racetrack. Um, Wendy Ross actually had some time to sit down with Tony Alanya, but I won't reveal too much about that uh, conversation. I'll let uh, save that for another day. But, you know, we got to see Maverick, got to see him on the racetrack, got to see him train. And, you know, he, he looks just amazing. Um, and, you know, there there's no telling that he is um, – he's Green Shoes' brother, and uh, he looks like another really cool champion. You know, now this time of year, it's kind of an interesting time of year because, you know, a lot of people I think are seeing their two-year-olds uh, pretty much in training for the first time. A lot of the owners, you know, you see the deck down in Sunshine Meadows. You know, you see a lot of different places. What do you think trainers this time of year with these young horses are trying to accomplish? You know, it just, you know, teaching them things. You know, it's one of those things that um, they have to learn what's out on the racetrack. They have to learn about the different sights and sounds they're going to see. Um you know, just making sure that they're keeping the task and, you know, keeping their mind on, you know, business and not, you know, goofing off or looking around or anything like that. Okay, and of course, you're going to have a series of videos coming out for the USDA for the fan zone. Uh, tell us, uh, give us maybe a roundabout timeline of when we can see these videos and uh, where we can see them at. Yeah, I'm sure they'll be out within the next month or so. You know, we're doing a lot of great things down here. We're actually going to be at the World Amateur Driving Championship on Monday and Tuesday at uh, Al Capri at Pompado Park. Um, so lots of cool stuff there. Uh, I'm sure there'll be photos and things from uh, the training centers that we've been to. We actually saw Amigo Volo this morning as well. Um, he's looking really sharp. Uh, he went out on the racetrack for a little bit and jogged for us. So lots of really cool horses, lots of great things happening down here in South Florida. And uh, I heard you were flying in for the Dan Patch. So, uh We'll have to wait and see. Well, I'll tell you what. Tim Bojarski flew in yesterday. I don't know if you had a chance to see him. was posting pictures on social media. Of course, you were there last year. Just a beautiful, beautiful facility where the yep. Dan Patch Awards are held. And uh, you'll be down there uh, shortly. Yeah, well, we head down uh, tomorrow. We'll get set up. There's meeting on Saturday. And then all systems go for the 2019 Dan Patch Awards coming up on Sunday. Yeah, we're certainly looking forward to it. Of course, Heather and Heather will be on the uh, red carpet. Again, we'll be sure to share uh, their particular Facebook feeds on our social media uh, at Post Time with Mike and Mike on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Mike, before we let you go, of course, you mentioned after the Dan Patch, the next day you're going to be the, at Pompano for the Amateur Driving Championships. Now, uh, has Gabe said yep. anything about buying you dinner? Uh, he has not, but uh, check no, to Gabe. Surprising. So we'll see what happens. Very, very surprised. You're going to be in the though, this weekend, if, uh, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, right? I will be there, but, uh, you know, Gabe won't, so, he, you know, he's not going to buy me dinner. But Rich Matei said he was going to buy me dinner, so so that's about as good as, uh, well, that's about I, as, good as guarantee as Gabe buying you dinner. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> But, but anyway, Rich well, might, listen, uh, Mike Rich might spend your spend your money at the windows, so we'll see. Nah, I, I'm sure he will. He's definitely a voucher killer. Uh, Mike, anything else before we let you go? No, man, that's uh, that's really it. Uh, lots of really cool things, like I said, happening down here. And uh, you know, it, it's you know, if you've never been to the South Florida or North Florida training centers, you really should come check it out. They're so warm, so inviting, and uh, it's been a blast. All right, Mike. Well, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy, and uh, we look forward to seeing you on Sunday. All right, man. I was uh, my broadcast partner, Mike Carter. So jealous of him this time of year. Guy gets to go to Florida and and, uh, and hobnob with the uh, the people at the training centers, the real good trainers down there getting their two-year-olds ready to race for the 2020 campaign, seeing Maverick, some of the great purchases, uh, some of our future superstars in the sport. Give me a sneak peek at them as they get ready for their uh, career debuts. And then, 
you know, and then, of course, uh, he gets to go down to the Dan Patch. Well, like Tim Bajarski said, though, it's not all fun and games. It's not all fun and games. But uh, certainly looks fun. Anyway, we're going to take a final time out. We're going to wrap this thing up. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America and the USTA. Back in a moment. Winback of Delaware's Stallion lineup offers 12 proven stallions for the first stage. Classic Carn Shark is a proven sire of stakes winners. He is a full brother to both Better's Delight and Roll with Joe. Roddy's Bangs Again is the sire of multiple DSBF final winners, including $675,000 winner Perfect Bangs. I'm Linda Cassano. I was the trainer of Heston Blue for his whole career, and I have nothing but good things to say about Heston. He was a professional horse from the day he started. Heston Blue Chip is the sire of multiple stakes winners, including 2019 New York Sire Stakes champion and $980,000 winner Zero Tolerance. For more information on stallions, including breeding contracts, visit winbackfarm.com. Join Harness Racing's hottest and most affordable fractional group, Winner's Circle Racing. Winner's Circle Racing provides the total harness racing experience from the barn to the paddock all the way to the Winner's Circle. Come invest with us and experience 100% of the thrills at a fraction of the cost. For more information, visit winnerscircleracing.net. That's winnerscircleracing.net. Here comes the charging moa, charging hard at the 6 minute All right, we're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USDA. Special thanks to our guests here today, Pete Peterson from the Equine, from the Pennsylvania Equine Coalition, former president of Ushua, Tim Bajarski, uh, Ryan Clements, and, uh, of course, our man, Mike Carter, joining us at the end of the program. The Dan Patch Awards is Sunday. You can follow all the action on social media. We'll show what we can on our Twitter and Facebook pages, and we'll see you next Thursday with the first post of 10.30. Have a good rest of the day, everybody. Closing time. One last call for alcohol to finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I know.